the In This League Podcast Network. In this ring, in this corner, Joe Pizzapia. This corner, Tim Heaney. Gentlemen, let's go. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to In This Ring, the greatest wrestling podcast in the history of the universe. It's me, and it's Tim Heaney, and it's you. And we've got a jam-packed show for you today. Oh, my God. The show is just huge. It's It might be longer than an actual WWE Big Four pay-per-view. That's how big the show is. But we'll try our best to be way more efficient than that. We got our NXT preview, which we're super excited about. Tim and I are huge NXT fans. We're huge marks for that. We got the SummerSlam preview. And, Tim Heaney, we've got a special guest here at the top of the show. Are you excited for the program? I guess it's time to go to class, isn't it? It's time to go to class, baby. That's right, because our guest today, who is uh, waiting patiently, quiet in the corner there, is somebody that if you're a fan of wrestling, there's really, uh, there's no way you don't know who he is. Uh, he wrestled for the WWE. He was a commentator. He worked for Lucha Underground. And now he and I have talked more baseball, I think, this year, because mm-hmm. he's also the host of the Baseball Hour on FNTSY. We've talked more baseball than wrestling this year, here and I. And I finally said, you know what? It's time. Let's get you on the podcast for wrestling. He's the one, the only. He's Matt Stryker. Matt, welcome to the program, my friend. Thank you for having me, and thank you for letting me take off my dunce cap. I was sitting in the corner facing the wall. I was a bad boy, and now you're letting me out. So thank you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, now, just so you know, if things get out of hand, you go right back there, mister. I don't want <laughs> yes, to any trouble uh, by you. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So, you know, Matt, it's it's fun. You know, we've had, uh, you know, we've been lucky to have some uh, great folks in, in wrestling. We've had some indie people on the show, too. And um, it's always great to sit and talk with somebody who's got, you know, firsthand knowledge of the business from the inside out. And I always like to ask everybody, because I think it's fun. I think a lot of people don't always know why, why, where did it come from? Why wrestling? Was there a moment when you saw something, you said, that's it. I want to do that. Or where did it go from being a fan to saying, Hey, I think that's something that I want to get involved in uh, firsthand, not just like, Oh, I enjoy this, but this is something that I think I can do and want to do. It's a great question because I think a lot of times, and it's something that whether you're Hulk Hogan or you're the kid in the front row, you can relate to, there's an origin story as to why you fell in love with wrestling. For me, it's my dad. I'm seven years old. He says, do you want to see someone fly? And no seven-year-old is going to say no to that. <laughs> Seriously. So, I mean, you know, I'm well, a I've also kid. heard I'm... stories about your dad at the ball games, which are priceless. <laughs> yes, That's yes, another yes. podcast. <laughs> so, but, you know, and he and I are incredibly close. And, he, you know, he takes his seven-year-old son's hand and said, I want to show you something on television that my father and I used to watch. And we sat down and we watched Superfly Jimmy Snuka. And I'll never forget it. We were supposed to go to the movies that day. It was a rainy Saturday. And instead, we stayed home. And my dad just, like, told me tales of when he was a kid. And he'd watch wrestling with his grandfather, his father. And he would take his shoe off and throw it at the TV. And I was enamored. On top of that, I'm seven. These guys are larger than life. It's colorful. It's exciting. That's where the fandom comes from. It's my dad and I sharing something and these larger-than-life superheroes coming to life. So where's the transition then from from that larger than life? Oh, my God, I'm a kid into, I guess, like what, teenage into 20s of, OK, you know, I'm going to go in and take this on not as a hobby, but as a career. Where, where does that transition go? And then after you take your first bump, do you go, oh, my God, did I make the right call? Well, it, it, it's, funny. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, I, I thought you were just born, you know, Ric Flair. I didn't know you could learn this. So I was a socially awkward kid. I didn't have a lot of friends. I kept to myself. Wrestling was like my way of fitting in. I can talk about it with the other kids. I can feel okay and not awkward. And then one day I'm in the gym and a kid is wearing a wrestling t-shirt long before pro wrestling tees, long before everyone you meet has a bullet club Mm t-shirt. And I'm like, Hey, you like wrestling? I like wrestling. And he came in with like a very, it was the infancy of the internet a very crude printout. And he said, you know, we can learn how to do it. Here's these schools in New York. And number two on the list was Johnny Rod's school of wrestling in Gleason's gym. And I got in my car, I drove to Brooklyn. I drove around the building at least 10 times before I had the guts to park and walk in. I propped down money out of my pocket, all like crumpled up. Seriously, like a child. Like, here's all my money, sir. (laughs) 
And about the bumps, man, let me tell you something. For the first six months, they kicked my tail. I mean, I wasn't the biggest guy. I wasn't part of their group. But every time you come back, they say, wow, this kid must really want it. And that's helped prepare me for, like, paying dues. As I'm trying to break into the fantasy sports world, it's about paying dues. And people have said to me, you know, you could have walked in and been like, hey, I'm this, hey, I'm that. No, no, no. I got to pay my dues in this industry the same way I had to pay my dues in the wrestling industry and the teaching industry. And after the first bump, no, I was actually hooked. I think I went insane and I was like, I love this. I need this all the time. Ah. <laughs> so were you teaching, you, you, you were teaching before then and at the same time from what I understand, right, Matt? Yeah, I was teaching high school social studies and then Amazing. getting in the car, driving, training for four days hours, coming home, grading papers, hiding my injuries. It was the labor of love. It's a passion, you know? How did that put, did that, I guess, push you in the one direction? How did you kind of like weigh which one you wanted to do more so? So I'm a faith guy. I, I think, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. And we, we as human beings can plan all we want, but we really don't have that much control. Um, once everything came to light, it's funny because I was sitting in the car with, again, my dad. And he said, listen, this could be the biggest break. You have to go with this. And lo and behold, like two hours later, my phone rings and it was Court Bauer and Tommy Dreamer from WWE. And they were like, hey, we'd like to bring you to the Meadowlands. And I thought it was just going to be a one-time thing. Cool, I have my 15 minutes of fame. But lo and behold, the, the destiny intervened. And I was at WWE for 10 years after That's all the incredible. controversy. Yeah. And that's an incredible run for anybody at that company. You know, when you, when you realize the people that can go in and out and then some people leave and then come, don't come back for 10 years, the fact that you were there for so consistently. And a, a, a couple questions there on that too. That first match you have in that kind of atmosphere, it's very different than obviously playing the smaller places and the local joints. What's that like from a, and do you remember anything about it or do you remember everything about it? So some, some people say it's a blur. Some people say they remember everything. I'm curious, how, how do you land on that? Time stands still. I remember every sight, sound, smell. I can tell you what I was wearing. I can t I can tell you everything. What were you wearing? About it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it was just, it was surreal. And all my life it's been this way. And it's funny because I've heard, I've read that Mike Trout has said this. I've read Mickey Mantle has said this. I read Ted Williams said this. The game slowed down for me almost to a, to a halt. And, and the ball, or in this case, the ring was gigantic. And every move, it just was one of those things where I just went into the zone as an athlete and a performer where it just it, it went perfectly. And it was with Kurt Angle. It wasn't just me. I mean, everything was well, and, I mean, yeah, in your soul. Dream like, first opponent. Like yeah. That. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have somebody who's such a tactician guy and and so so great and and, and obviously so able to connect and, and take guys through great matches i mean it's so great to have a partner like that through you know when you look back at the career in the in the years in the ring before you transitioned into the uh into the, the microphone was there one match or one performance that really stood out for you that you say that's that's my that's my opus that's the one that i was most proud of whether it got the biggest reaction whether it was just the the one at the house show that you were just proud of because i think just like athletes they have an incredible memory for these things. And I feel like wrestlers do too, where they have incredible things for moments in time with certain people they're working with and certain things that, you know, you ask McFoley about, yeah, Shawn Michaels about anybody, they'll tell you it's this match at this time with this guy. Did you have one of those in that 10 year span there with WWE when you were on the wrestling side, at least that really stood out for you? Like that was the one I was most proud of. That's a great question. And the answer is supposed to be, well, the next match will be my best match. But no, honestly, no, no, no. You're, no. you're, a, you're a professional broadcaster now like me and Tim Heaney. <laughs> so now you're you're with us now. You're one of the boys here. <laughs> wow. You just said my name in the same breath as your guys' names. I've made I it know. I know. You've really, you've really fallen down a peg, Striker. You've really, you've really fallen off. You, you, you didn't have, to, you didn't have to go with the ring crew or anything in the time. You just kind of tucked <laughs> away in there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> now, now I'm going to go out and draft Devontae Foreman. Um, so I do oh. remember it. It was, it was Fort Myers, Florida. Dean Malenko is the producer. And uh, so you hear this term, a loop. A loop will be, you know, you do a Friday night, a Saturday night, a Sunday night, a Monday night. You go town to town. So on the loops, I was wrestling Eugene. Every night, Eugene. I'd go to the ring, Eugene's music, we'd have our match. Fort Myers, Florida, Dean Malenko sends me to the ring. 
Goldust's music hit. And I turned to the referee, and it was uh, Charles Robinson. I go, was that a mistake? And Charles was kind of like, I don't know. Goldust comes walking out. And in that moment, I realized Dean Malenko was testing me. I was so used to and prepared for one guy. And in wrestling, curveballs come all the time. Sliders even more than that. He sent Goldust out. And Goldust looked at me, and he said, what do you got? And Dustin and I went, I'd say, about 15 to 20 minutes with this just organic chemistry. And afterwards, I walked to the back. And, of course, you know, I'm sheepish. Did I do well? Dean Malenko high-fives me. Goldust high-fives me. He said, now you're a pro because you're able to, to take, you know, the, the, the ebbs and the flows of our industry. You never know who's going to walk through that curtain, kid. And my confidence definitely ticked up from there, and the locker room respected me more. And that's the night. That's the match. Awesome. Yeah, and um, you know when you kind of were were working with your early stuff there, and then you you know, of course became a broadcaster. Were you like a were you in broadcasting or anything before you kind of really started that role with WWE, or is that something you just kind of rolled into? I, I think like all of us, do you know how many GI Joe matches I've called into my tape recorder? Like yeah, I, I had my own hundreds, yeah, yeah. right? How many did you call <laughs> football and baseball as a kid? Dude, I'm all doing the time? it now. I'm doing these. I'm doing these now because my kids got a hundred wrestling figures. My daughters, they're they're super into the product, and and they got the ring, and we do pay per views and the whole thing. And then, of course, when you know, I have to then call the match as it's happening. You know, because like, well, it's better when you call it; it feels better. <laughs> like when you're doing the match. <laughs> And it's funny because my mom every so often will say, you know, Matthew, I, I still have those cassette recordings, and oh, maybe one day I'll sell man. them. <laughs> so um it's something that i i always kind of had in me and then it's it's um, funny august 5th was actually the first time they ever gave me an opportunity it was the anniversary of it the other day oh nice ecw and it was bruce pritchard that said to me hey they're gonna try you on ecw and walked away i was like okay i just i felt like i was born to do it yeah I, and you know it's been that way ever since I mean, it, of course, it took you a while to, to, you know, maybe not a while, but I guess harnessing your style was something you kind of clicked with instantly. But, you know, you hear a lot of um, a lot of things today in the industry. I'm, I'm asking you because I know this is something you have experience in. Uh, you know, people talk about how maybe the broadcasters today may not have as much freedom as they had back in, in the day. I'm, I was wondering if there's anything, you know, you could tell us about how much freedom you were given to kind of do your own thing as a broadcaster uh, at that point as compared to today and uh, as compared to Lucha Underground as well. I can only ex speak about my experiences and people have asked me all the time, Hey, I, I read that, you know, Mick Foley said Vince yelled in this guy's ear or you're not allowed to say this. I, I can only tell you what I've experienced. And yep. I had a freedom and a creativity and maybe, maybe I caught Vince in a good mood. Maybe he liked me. Maybe he knew that you know, Matt gets it. He understands in the John Cena versus Joe Schmo match. You shouldn't be talking about Joe Schmo. Please just talk about John Cena. So, you know, it was just, just one of those things where I felt the freedom was that I kind of knew the, the lines within which I could not cross. But in between those lines, man, I got away with saying some stuff that I, I don't know if anyone can get away with saying now. So, Probably yeah, not. I guess I had a little bit. You know? you know, I'll tell you what, you know, funny thing the other night on the network, I was just, you know, popping through. Sometimes they'll put some random like SmackDown or Raw or something on. And I pop on a random one and who's in the ring there. But Matt Stryker bringing on some of the NXT girls like as the finalists and stuff like that. And I'm looking, I'm like, oh, my God, look at all the things. Right. I'm going to try to get Matt <laughs> on the show next week. And it's just amazing to see the kind of the evolution of what NXT's become over the, you know, the last couple of years and then to see where the Indies have gone and now with AEW and everything going on there. So, you know, as somebody who's been in the business a long time, what is it that you get excited for when you watch the product? Do you get excited to watch like the, the Adam Coles and the Garganos? Are you more excited to see what the guys in AEW are doing because of where they're at? Or are you somebody that kind of just, you know, maybe is just step back from the product just overall and from the world and transition now into more sports oriented stuff? Well, I mean, listen, yeah, I, I'd be a fool if I left this particular piece of buttered toast being <laughs> on, on, on the plate, you know? So I, I do watch and I do sometimes step, step back because you can see things better from, hey, listen, you could see a street better from Google Maps than you could standing on the street. But what excites me is when, so uh, Robert Strauss, he was Robbie E, he was Rob Echoes. Mm -hmm. He and I must have wrestled each other 500 times easily. When I see a guy like him getting a shot, as much as personally we give each other a hard time, I just he's the most 
self-aggrandizing, self-absorbed, self-promoting person I've ever met. I want to punch him in his mouth. Like, so, sounds familiar, Joe. <clears throat> well, yeah. <laughs> Tim deals with on a weekly basis with me, but you know, but you love me. Let's not pretend like you don't. Come on. Somebody has to. Jeez. I know. Jeez. Come on. <laughs> but um, so seeing a guy like Robbie make it, or just reading now, uh, a friend of mine, Pat Buck has been signed on to be a producer. And I want to know, is he going to be, and God bless him, he'll, he'll make six figures and take care of his family. Is he going to be a producer that the talent are going to go to him to ask him for advice on how to finish a match or a move to do? Or for six months, is he just going to be a guy that runs copy and tells Seth Rollins that Vince wants him to win with a curb stomp and just be a messenger? I don't know. But to see people that I've worked with for so long finally get a shot, you know, Matt Riddle's a guy that I've known for a long time. I he is Riddle. making waves. I mean, he's trying desperately to say, you cannot ignore me. I want to see how that plays out. Well, you can't. Wanna... Well, uh, besides Riddle, who is it, right, like, you get excited to see, like, I, I got to check out this match with that guy. Like, who is it that, as a performer now, at this stage in, in your life, and knowing what you know about the business, that you say, that guy, I just love watching that guy work. That I I will make time to make sure that I check that. Matt Riddle's definitely one for me. I love the guy. I think, and the brute strength of Matt Riddle is just unbelievable. I saw him work in New Jersey a couple uh, a couple weeks ago. I took my kids down to the NXT show uh, down in Asbury Park, and getting to sit that close and watch those guys work, the caliber of those dudes was incredible. And Riddle was just it was it was always always mind blowing on TV to watch him. Then in person, a couple like five rows back was just mind blowing. So. Who else do you right now just kind of pops where you're like, oh, man, that guy's just an incredible must-see worker? Well, it's the style that I like. So I've always loved the William Regal kind of way. The I know this may not be kind of authentic, but if I tilt my head to the side, this could be real. Or to the guy that's training at his local jujitsu gym that sits in the crowd and tells his girlfriend, I can kick that guy's butt. I can kick that guy's butt. I like the guys that make that guy go, maybe I can't. And for me, Zack Sabre Jr., and he, he's, he's not affiliated with WWE at all. No, he's no. Oh, that, we do New Japan on the show, oh, okay. too. We do everything oh, yeah. here. Oh, we, like, we, we do it all, baby. And, and Tim <laughs> and loves Zack. So. <laughs> we were at G1 like, Supercard together, me and Heaney. That's how, much we're, that's how big of fans we are. We were at the Garden for that show. So you get it. And, and watching a guy like, like Zach, it's watching a, a hitter's approach at, a, at the plate, or it's watching the way a running back waits for gaps to open before he hits them. It's the little things, the approach to the art, to the sport that I like. Nowadays, everyone can go out. Listen, the three of us could go out there and, and do a crash and burn match for 20 minutes. I'd have to lead you guys, but you know what I mean? Anyone can kind of crash and burn, but if you're, if you can, I can hold, hold my, my own striker. I did 20 years of combat. I, I can hold my own. I, I know what I'm doing a little bit. Tim would be done. Tim, I'll do done. the running with the chair. That's fine. You yeah, guys that, Tim's, yeah, Tim's you the manager. Win. That's Tim what happens. You would be the winner. He's top hat Tim Heaney. He knows his role. He's the manager. He's the guy that he's the cornet. He's the guy with the racket or whatever the the cane that hits you over the head. I have a little more That's hair me. than cornet, but yeah, I got I got to cut. But but see, so look at how this kind of you know little bit of discussion has, has opened up. So it's the guys that have this approach that we're supposedly quasi grown men, right? We're all supposedly adults, and here we are talking about this with such passion and fervor. A guy like Zach Saber does that for me. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I did watch all the guys on Lucha Underground. I really enjoyed your time on there. You and Vampiro did a great job there. Um, you know, that, that you guys, that was a, that's an organization that does the little things right. That's a show that kind of really tells the, 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 the story nuances that Joe and I love to kind of, you know, harp on where you have to like, you know, build suspense and develop new people the right way, that stuff like that. I, I, I don't know if there's any update you can give on this, but I was wondering if there's anything you can have on the, the future of that show or your future on that show, because I, I lo I'd love to see it come back. I'd love to see you on more of wrestling television. I appreciate that. Um, so would I. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I'm uh, at liberty and allowed to say is that the company that owns the rights to it domestically is mm -hmm. trying to get a new deal with a new network. The company that owns the rights to it internationally may be starting their own streaming service and it could have a home there. But again, a bird in hand is worth two in the bush. I, I, I can't. I can't think six months, six days, six weeks down the road. I got to worry right. about, you know, what am I going to eat now? As a, as a guy who loves the business too, I want to get your take on this. Uh, right now, if you ask me, what's my favorite product between New Japan, WWE, AWE, and it's NXT. NXT to me is the most fully formed product. It's simple. It always leaves you wanting more. 
Storylines are simple. They give the guys just enough freedom where everything feels a little bit more organic and a little bit. It's just an easier product to get behind. The, the work in the ring is fantastic. And it's just very clear. And, and they have a real identity of where they want to be. What do you think about this AEW? I, I just saw today that they're, you know, that first live show is going to be in Philadelphia, which I went to college in Philadelphia. To me, Philly <laughs> is the best wrestling town on the planet. Um, and I was there during the ECW days, like during the, you know, RVD days of ECW, the height. I, that's when I was there. And we got to see those shows. We were at WrestleMania 15 live in person. We used to go all the time to every event. What What do you think about this AEW right now as they're, as they're kind of taking into this new realm of, I don't say challenging WWE, but for a lack of a better word, they are in terms of, hey, we're a live wrestling show on a big time network. Are you excited because, hey, it's always good to have more people into this race? Or are you just excited that the boys are kind of taking things into their own hands a little bit, which is something that you haven't seen since the more of the Dusty Roads kind of days of, of booking. And when you go back to the you know old school NWA, WCW kind of days. Well, I think the first thing that needs to be acknowledged is what NXT has done is they have filled the void, the bridge between the independents. hundred percent. It's the and independent that, wrestling with the, with the better production value. And, but also better teachers. I, I've, I've been on the independents right. and I'm back on the independents and I don't want, I can't give too much away, but I watch guys in the locker room and I watch how they plan to go about their, their matches and they're lacking a structure or a teacher or an Arn Anderson or NXT is Triple H and William Regal and Matt Bloom. And, and, and they, they have to be pat on the back for this because Triple H was able to see, oh, man, you know, Ring of Honor is really popular. Oh, man, New Japan's really popular. We can take that and give it that WWE because those are the best coaches in the world. WWE, I don't care what you say, is the Harvard, is the Yale of sports entertainment. But – also, when you look at the AEW guys, to bring it back to baseball, a guy like Bo Bichette has a 10-game hitting streak. He's still not Ted Williams, but he's exciting right, to look at right now. AEW is Bo Bichette and Vlad Guerrero and on all these young guys, whereas WWE is you know, Mike Trout and, and Max Scherzer and these established greats. So it's interesting to see where the AEWs, where the Bo Bichettes, the Vlad Guerreros are going to be in the conversation two years from now. Three years from now, six months from now, yeah, they're still the hot thing, but I want to see where they're going to be in a couple of years. Yeah, and I want to see the WWE do a better transition of some of these guys. Like I've seen Ricochet and Aleister Black starting to make good transitions. They have kind of, they haven't all been good. They haven't all been consistent. And, you know, some guys just don't play on the big stage either. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think sometimes you have to know your 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 deal and you know what your level is. And some people you know, played better in the, the, the impacts of the world than they do in the WWEs of the world too. I think that everybody has their right spot, but eventually you always hope talent wins out. And uh, Matt, you know, we, we are so happy to have you on the show. This was so much fun to do. And yeah. I always knew you were a tough guy. And then I read some recent news and it just proved it to me. And you had come out publicly about some things and, and about some of the, you know, personal stories of you and having to overcome some abuse and things like that in your life and, and how that affected you. And I just want to say from us here at the show and, and me being a friend of yours that I just, I, I messaged after I read the article and I just, I was really taken because I think that every time somebody like you puts themselves out there like that with a story, you help one person at least deal with depression, anxiety, other things like that. And that is so crucial. I think in today's world that there's role models out there that are successful, strong, cool, great people that have struggles too. Everything in life isn't perfect. And your recent, you know, uh, stories and things like that, that have been out there. I just want to say that thank you, not just for me, but all the people out there who I'm sure it makes a difference for. And, and I hope that helps you a little bit in your process of healing as well. I, it does, and I appreciate it. And look, I mean, I've been in wrestling for 20 years, but I've just started talking about this now because I've realized two things. One, at the end of the game, all the chess pieces go back in the same box. I don't care if you're the bus driver struggling every day or if you're the most famous Instagram person or whatever. At the end of the day, we're all going back to the same place. So we all have these commonalities. And the best advice I can give anyone out there that's listening, maybe they don't want to say anything, or maybe they have a dormant memory. The best thing my mother did for me was tell me, it's not your fault, Matthew. You didn't do anything wrong. If you can tell yourself, it's not my fault. 
I didn't do anything wrong. This depression isn't my fault or what that person did to me isn't my fault. Or the, and you have to understand that and you have to love yourself before you can heal. And then like you're saying, help others, whether it's inadvertent or not. So thank you. And I appreciate it. 100%. Man. Sounds great like you had great parents. That's yeah. that's that's the biggest yeah. takeaway I always get from when I talk to you about your mom and dad. And and uh, also, it's nice to know that your mom has those recordings. So I want you to know when we're done here, <laughs> I'm going to reach out to her and see if I can get my hands on those for the show. So I just want the you to know. Opening, where, right? Yeah, that's that's where we're going next. I just I want to leave on a fun note. <laughs> so obviously, you can follow Matt over at Matt underscore striker underscore because the man just loves underscores. And you can check him out on the Fantasy Baseball Hour on FNTSY. And of course, all the great stuff he's doing. Matt, we love you. We wish you all the best. We can't wait to talk to you again. And uh, that's it, buddy. Again, thanks for the time, brother. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy SummerSlam, and you'll see how great Dolph Ziggler really is on that night. Oh, you know what? Before we let you go, we were actually going to talk about that because we know you're friends with Nick and stuff. So tell us real quick, what do you think about this booking number one? And and what do you think about these guys who keep coming back here at the end of the careers where, you know, like the careers are over and then they keep coming back? Maybe it's for the Saudi Arabia paydays and maybe they should have stayed retired. Do you, do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you think it's just more of like in its place with the right guy carrying them in the ring? What's your thought on that real quick? I think what's forgotten is that 20 years ago, guys were at the, the peak of their wrestling careers in their 40s and in their 50s. Oh, yeah, like sure. Harley, Harley Race and Nick Bockwinkle and, and even Ric Flair. Just go do the math and go watch some Flair of Flair's Flair in his 50s was better than most guys in their 20s. Okay, so so just because the, the world is this big now, tiny, we can shine a light on Undertaker and Goldberg. May it not have been a great, as great as it should have been, and they're both in their 50s and da-da-da. That's got nothing to do with it. It has to do with chemistry. You, you and, and I don't think that uh, Nick, sorry, Dolph is going to go out and carry Goldberg. No, but it's just, it's a, it's a different chemistry. Look, uh, I'm not a drinker, but a lot of people mix drinks. Sometimes they like orange juice in their vodka. Uh, sometimes they like cranberry <laughs> juice in their vodka. You degenerates. So it's just a question of what, what is being mixed and is the elixir going to be palatable? I think, I think Dolph Ziggler is amazing. He can have, as I was saying, oh, he can I have a match with yeah. a phone book. He can have a match with a broomstick. Well, so you're right, and I think that's part of it, too. Myself. When they yeah. when they put some of the older guys together in the same match, I think that's where it gets a little wacky, whereas it's better to have, you know, like when you even go back to watching, you know, well, I've got Shawn Michaels was probably in his almost 40 when he was fighting Ric Flair in some of those matches, and some of those were pretty darn, darn good, too. So, I mean, I think it's it's having guys who are who are still at their peak in those matches instead of two guys who are a little bit past the prime. I think that's where it gets a little tricky, but you, you have no end of your prime. Your prime goes forever, Matt Stryker. So we're going to hit a break and we're going to let Matt go back to his beach day for the rest of the day. And we've come back. Tim and I are going to preview NXT takeover and SummerSlam and everything else that you need to know right here on in this ring. I won't drive nothing but Mercedes or Rolls, right? I won't go nowhere. I'm a commercial air rider. I won't ride in nothing but limousines and I won't make love in this ring. All right, welcome back, everybody, to In This Ring, right here on the In This Ring Podcast Network. Me and Tim great stuff from Matt Stryker, as always. So fun to talk to him, and uh, hopefully we'll get him back again soon. We hope you enjoyed that. But now it's time to talk about NXT TakeOver Toronto. All the Canadian SummerSlam stuff. My goodness, Tim, so many Canadians, so much Canadian stuff going on. I just want to, you know, just pour syrup in the ring and just put a bunch of maple leaves and roll around in it. I'm so excited. Well, that you, you did that last weekend already, but uh, it's oh, there yeah, is a lot to right. talk about. So, you know. Oh, oh hey, <laughs> there is a lot to talk about. Hey, let's start awesome. with NXT. Pre-show hosted by the Mountie, I think, actually. <laughs> awesome. Where are the Rougeaus? Are all the Rougeaus back to? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So let's talk about NXT because God knows I like that more. So mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, mm-hmm. let's start with Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. And this has great heat. I love the new Io oh, yeah. Shirai entrance. I love everything they're doing. I love that now, like you pointed out last time on the show, they really separated her from the pack of the Oscars and the Kyrie Sains now. And I think that is terrific. It's the best thing that could happen to her. And I probably do think she is the most complete of the performers, personally. That That's my take on it. I know some people will say Oscar, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think Eos. what do you think about that? Do you think she's the most complete of the Japanese women that come over so far? I do. I think her heel work and the character development she's showing, even in these first couple of months, like you, 
you know, she shows that aggressive side. She shows the fact that she can flip on a dime depending on what the character needs to be. Yeah, just fantastic. The English is great and the, the, the communication in general, just like I don't need any friends. It's just, you know, all she needs to say, perfect. I, I, right, I think exactly. she's my favorite. Yeah. Come out there. And I think she's going to win this match and I think they're going to build her up as the heel because – I agree. And I think Candice is going to – Candice always has a good showing. I think she's terrific too. I'm a big fan of, of all of them. And this will be a fun match, I'm sure. I don't know how long it's going to be, but I think it's going to be a, a solid match because I do think that we're coming up on the Shayna Baszler time here. Yep. We've got to cash in our chips here with her. And I think it's great to cash in with Mia Yim because I think that is a perfect person to do with. Uh, I saw the mm. – the um, was it the uh, Dark Side of the Ring? Um, not yeah. Dark Side of the Ring, the other ones, the, oh, the wrestlers. Breaking Ground or – which no, one? it was on uh, Viceland, oh, the rest oh, the Vice of one. Yeah. yeah, which is, you know, the great series. By the way, Dark Side of the Ring got renewed for season two. Yay, there's going to be did. like twice as many. Super. Did you finally watch them or no? No, I'm going to binge them. <laughs> uh, you got to do it. It's summer is what you got to do. But anyway. Go outside. Uh, eh, <laughs> come on. You 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 burn as soon as you go outside anyway. You're a white. You're a pasty white guy, Tim Heaney. <laughs> come I'm, on. I'm a, I'm a summer tomato, all right? I embrace <laughs> that. Leave me alone. <laughs> but I think that it might be time to flip that switch. And Mia Yim, you know, had some really eye-opening stuff about uh, things that she went through with domestic abuse and all this stuff. And she's gotten a lot of traction lately and, and Twitter. And I think a lot of a lot of fan support. Not that she didn't have support before. She's been an indie darling forever. And I feel like yeah, that's a great person, and and you can immediately establish EO as the foil there, as the bad guy for her. So that's a great flip because I think had Shayna gone, you're kind of going, okay, who's going to challenge? You, you can put it back to Bianca Belair, who I think gets better and better every single time I see her. But I think EO would be the better one, so I'd like to see that happen. Do you think that's going to be the changeover? You're going to have EO go over and then Mia go over, and then that'll be the new feud that takes us into the fall and Shayna gets called up for main roster as we get into the fall. My initial thought was that Shayna retains, but then we have a three-way between EO, Candice, and Shayna, and then EO takes it, or and then Candice still has to be in chasing eventually. But I like your way also. I think Mia Yim is underrated. Uh, I just don't know if she's going to be the one to really take the belt off Shayna, because I think whoever beats Shayna should get that real real push with forward momentum. I'm not sure Mia is going to have that. So. All right, and then we have the Tag Team Championship match here with the uh, Street Profits, who have been terrifically fun on, on Raw every time. They're just... <laughs> They're great. Whoever's idea that was, and I can only assume it's Paul Heyman's, to put these guys on in those dead time segments, it really helps. It helps the program because five minutes of enjoyment goes a long way in a three-hour show. It really does. It's mm -hmm. just, it does. So you've got those boys taking on the Undisputed Era boys, and I, I can't imagine this not being incredibly entertaining. Um, and I, I want to say that I think Street Profits should retain. I think it's probably better, but... It would not shock me if it go, they go with Undisputed Era and they continue the whole we're all going to be dripping in gold kind mm -hmm. of situation that Ab Cole. So I guess if you're putting odds on it, the odds would be probably say, I guess, you know what? I think they do want to go that route. And I'm going to say 60 40 right now that, that Street Profits give up those titles and then they might just take them and move them right up to the main roster. I think it makes the most sense. They're already set for the raw appearances. That was a nice little test of what's to come. And the Kurt Angle milk segment with the with the solo cups was, was fantastic. Oh, um, that's what I mean. Like, there you go. There's a perfect example. You give somebody one good nugget, and mm -hmm. it's amazing how that can keep them full for an hour of other yeah. crap that you don't like necessarily of watching and trying to figure out what the hell's going on with the canalysis. It's it's, it's a filling nugget. What's so the plural sure. of canalysis, by the way? Is it canal? Canali? I think it's Canelsies. Canelsies. I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's um, in geometry. Agree. You have to line up the Canelsies in order to get to the uh, the proper <laughs> axis there. Oh, um, anyway, back on track. I, I, I <laughs> good luck I, with I do, that. I do think Fish and O'Reilly are going are gonna to take him. And I do think you know to spoil everything. I think Undisputed Era is going to be ruling if unless they're really going to call them up soon, which you know night after SummerSlam possible. But I don't know. I, I'm going to go with O'Reilly and Fish as well. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the three-way dance for the North American championship. Mer uh, we got Velveteen Dream. We've got uh, uh, Pete Dunne, of course, and uh, our, our last but not least member of, of the, uh, the Undisputed Era. So you've got uh, Roderick Strong in there. So here's my question to you. Does Roddy go over and are we going to get all of them? Are we going to get all the belts there with the Undisputed Era? Because this is the opportunity so. to do it. I think so. I think they set up this way for this exact reason. Uh, and Roddy needs another belt. So he needs a singles belt in NXT. I think he deserves that. So, and I, I think having him go over Dunn, I don't know. That could maybe make a little more sense. Maybe protect Dream a little bit because Dunn is already kind of ruined. With I the think you protect stuff. Dream, and I think Dream yes. is the is the move up to the next takeover with Cole because I think that I think it's time to move mm -hmm. Dream up to that next rung anyway. And then you could also get 
Matt Riddle involved in that too and, and kind of move around because, you know, when you go through this, there's no Matt Riddle on this. That's not an accident, right. boys and girls. Matt Riddle mm-hmm. is one of the top five assets they have. He should be on every show. Why he's not on this show, I'm pretty sure it's just burying him for the Goldberg thing. And you yep. know what? He's not wrong. He's not wrong about anything he said. So at the end of the day, uh, it sucks. I, I think it's I think it's a poor thing. I think it's a stupid way to punish him because uh, you're well, really punishing so, us. Small doses, though. NXT works that way. So not everybody's on every card. You, you can make him have. He might have a big match tonight in the table. Or maybe he gets involved weekend. in the Gargano Cole match, too. He could also, you know. Possible. Yeah. You could show up there and they could rocket him right to the top then there too. There. So there's lots of outs there. So I, I'm in agreement with you. I think it's going to be Roddy. I think he's going to uh, come out there. And I'm starting to feel more and more like it's going to be undisputed era night, which would be great because then I'll be that whole thing. And now here's the question. You got the two out of three falls match here with Gargano. Mm-hmm. I want Adam Cole to stay champ. They need Adam Cole to stay champ. He's the guy yeah. that can carry that belt at this point. What do you do with Johnny after this match? <sighs> That's the that's the ten thousand dollars. I say you move him up. I think you have to. There's nothing else for him to do in NXT. There's nothing else for him to do in NXT. Now I don't know if here's the thing. If two oh five live is going away, he is the cruiserweight champion that they need desperately because he's somebody everybody can get behind immediately and automatically elevates that whole division. And, and, and he'll and he'll have a killer match with anybody on the roster. It doesn't matter. Hundred so percent. That, that kind of works with what they're trying to do, like you said. He'll have a killer match and a match you'll be excited about to see on any pay per view. Where you look at some of the cruiserweight match and you go, "Well, I'm excited to see it, but I don't care." You'll right. care if it's Johnny Gargano, and you can start to work those storylines in on either program because we all know the brand the brand split is done. It's over. Right. So it it doesn't matter. So the fact that you're going to have six hours of programming now, you need to move the cruiserweights. And we talked about this like a year ago. How do we make Raw better? Get rid of two hundred five live and move it in. Now it's, I think they know it too. If we know it, they recognize it. it's the way to go. Um, so it should and, be another hell of a match. better regardless of size. So it doesn't matter. He's what do you think the eventer. third stipulation is going to be? I was going to ask you that. Oh, I, I, I asked you first. <laughs> I, I can't imagine a cage would surprise anybody. Like it can't be, oh, surprise steel cage is hanging up there. <laughs> um, ladder match maybe would be pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with ladder match. I think it would be ladder match too. And I think what's going to be fun is, it, you know, Cole gives up the title, you know, to go in and do the match. And he's doing the match, whatever. And then they just lower the title from the top. Yep. That's going to be dramatic and cool. That to me is the way you do it. That's a that's moment true. in time. And that's how you do it. So uh, obviously a lot went on this week uh, with Raw and SmackDown. You know, everyone's trying to kill Roman Reigns apparently. And <laughs> apparently that person's Daniel Bryan, but we're not going to have any, or, or is it Rowan or is it, I, I don't know. All I know is that it, I'm not sure where they're. I'm just confused. So <laughs> it, it's anything to add to that top hat? <laughs> well, it's haphazardly tell, told right now. I think Daniel Bryan would be a great, great way to do it because he kind of had that last appearance and then he like was supposed to speak and then no one said anything and he wanted to challenge Roman Reigns. Maybe this is the way he's doing it just to get attention for himself. All right. So let's let's start with uh, Goldberg and Ziggler because that's kind of where we left off with Matt. Yep. Look. I think Ziggler needs a W here. Okay. He's come back mm-hmm. and he's done nothing but job out since he came back. Now, granted, he's jobbing out to all the champs. So that's fine. It's understandable. Right. But we need to get Dolph over here. Don't you think? Like, I don't need a Goldberg smash job here. I need probably, a, yeah, go ahead. Not, I need a cheating Dolph Ziggler win. That's what I need. Yeah, well, they, they they love their the legends going over on guys like Ziggler. Uh, that's I know, I know it's SummerSlam and everybody wants it. But, I mean, you know, it's Goldberg. It's still never their guy. It might be the you happy know? legends one because you have the other legend one's probably going to go with the current star. So this might be the balance out of it. But, but, yeah, Dolph needs something to really have a signature mark, even though beating Goldberg in his 50s may not be <laughs> the allure that we want him to have. I still think it's going to – I think I think it's going to be an okay match. I don't, I'm not really upset about it. I think Dolph can easily kind of just do, do laps around Goldberg, let him do his thing, and – and they'll have an entertaining, you know, five to maybe 10 minutes if Goldberg can constrain that long. So. I don't want a clean victory, but I need a victory for Dolph Ziggler. That's all I'm saying. He needs to go yeah. over here in the worst way. I'm sorry. Because then they're just going to keep burying him. And then, you, you know, if he beats Goldberg, then you can do the, oh, I'm the legend guy, you know, come on, mm-hmm. you know, stop throwing these old farts at me. And especially he's got, how are you going to have him lose and then have a match on Raw the next night with Miz? Right. I mean, <laughs> like, Really? Like, I care. Like, how am I supposed to care about that? And, and I, I like it. I watch it. But it's frustrating. And, and I'm glad that they kind of pivoted away because I think a lot of people are like, oh, Miz and Dolph. Uh, you know, so this was good that they kind of threw that in there. And then they did the Troll Michaels tease, which I kind of like, too. That was cool. Part of, me, 
it was a part of me that was going, oh my God, Sean at SummerSlam? That would, you know, him and Dolph, I think maybe that could be decent. And then they pivoted away from the Goldberg thing. But we're going to get The Fiend. We're going to get Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor. Bray Wyatt's going to win. That's a lock. There's yeah, no way Finn Balor can win. Finn Balor will go away for a couple months and then come back with the with the uh, original club. What do you think? With the OC. Uh, the OC. California. California. Right. I had to do it. Um, but come. Sorry. <laughs> that was, you started. Yeah. I have to finish it. Good high notes, Joe. Yeah. I tried. Um, yeah. I, I, I love nice he's doing the metal. People don't know uh, that about me, but I do. Yeah. I love that Bree's doing the mandible claw now. Um, you know, do you think I, he should do that every time he beats a guy? He should like absorb their essence and then yes, like take their that, finishing move. I was getting to that. I was gonna say, I think it's <sighs> just gonna be like, like, like Shang Tsung people or whatever. It'd be kind of sweet. So cool. Like, next thing you do, he's doing the Olympic slam because he just beat Kurt Angle and he just oh my like, God. takes the last guy you beat because he like because they let him in. Oh, good. creepy. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, him doing a him doing a coup de, coup de, coup de gras would be pretty nuts for one. Yeah, so. I feel bad for yeah. whoever's on the other yeah. end of that. <laughs> I mean, he's he's done his cardio, but he's still a big dude. Yeah, that's a big dude. Like yeah. you gotta have like you gotta have like a Braun Strowman at the bottom of right. that pile to take that one. <laughs> uh, so we all think that Bray's gonna go over. This should be interesting to see too. You know, him wrestling in the mask because you know how I feel about the mask. I just I love the mask. I just wrestling in the mask. I'm always kind of meh about, but we'll, well see. You know what? If he slows his style down because of the mask, I wouldn't mind it. I think it actually fits with the character. Fits with the approach. Probably, but you got, you know, it's, it's tricky because you don't get the emotion. You don't get the, you don't get eh. as much of the, you know, you don't. If I trust anybody, if I trust anybody to do it in a mask, it's Bray with character stuff. And, right. And, well, that's why I want to see all that. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I really yeah. am. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be the thing I'm most excited to see. Trish Stratus. Uh, I'll be second excited to see Trish Stratus because well, she looks obviously. great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she does. I mean, you know, she's like Benjamin Button. She just ages in reverse. It's unbelievable. Gotta love yoga. Uh, yeah, whatever, whatever works, man. But yeah, you're right. She's gonna she's gonna take the L here to Charlotte, you know, and then so. she'll have the the yeah. the hero sending off everybody standing ovation and stuff like that, right? Yeah, like, I mean, her hometown it has to it has to be that way. Are you gonna have both Canadian women lose though? Because if one Canadian woman's gonna win, it's not gonna be Natalia. Uh, like you I can't mean, give Natalia the belt. I don't care how hard her I, life has been in the last year. You oh, can't do that. You, you can't. Not against Becky, especially no. No, Bailey should have been. A, Bailey should have been the one to put over with Natalia, if anything. Um, yeah, but I don't, again, that's that's also cheapening the storyline for one moment, and I hate, hate, hate when they do that. No, and they do it far too often. Lose. I think they'll both lose. Just the hometown. I stuff agree with that. So. Only Lorkin versus Drew Gulak, which is going to be great from a wrestling fan's perspective. But yes. looking at the card, I mean, this is this is pre-show fodder, probably. I mean, I don't think this makes the main card. Do you? No, not at all. Sorry, but yeah, yeah I, I love Oni. I love Drew, and yeah, it's just the, the nice warm up. That's all. Yeah, you got Kevin Owens, the career on the line against Kevin Owens and <laughs> Shane McMahon. Um, look, it's it. God, I would, I would love put Shane McMahon win. I think it'd be funny. Um, you know what? Though you can't have everybody. all three. But this is the Canadian that has to go over. I guess, yeah. Like you, you can't go up, to, you know. Although, if I guess in Toronto, being, oh yeah, it's all, oh, it's no big deal. It's okay. It's sure. Montreal. It's different. They're their own province and stuff, so it's fine. I know it's it's different, and we're in Toronto. It's I know it's different, but it's still the Canadian. Like the Canadian conquering hero needs to conquer Shane McMahon. I think that I needs can. to happen. But, <laughs> I guess, look at you. You will, you're so healed today. Look at you. I guess I am. No, I. I mean, Ko has to beat him eventually, and I guess if they're not going to do run this back, get Shane off the TV immediately. So it's let's fine. not run this back. Let's yeah. let us let us not. <laughs> we already run had this one back. of these. <laughs> and then we can free up Drew McIntyre then, and yep. and that'll be for for the love of God a good thing too. Um, they got Bailey versus Ember Moon here, which is the wackiest heat ever. Like it's just such a wacky heat. Hell um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I actually think this is going to be surprisingly good from a wrestling perspective. It will. It'll be a so, good wrestling match. It's one of these things where you look back and go, yeah, it was a really good match. Like you look in the card where you're looking for some good wrestling because now Alistair Black is on the card anymore, which pissed yeah. me off. Great to have him wrestle the other night. Um, of course, Sami Zayn takes yet another pin because that's all <laughs> Sami Zayn does is take pins. Uh, but great to see Alistair Black. And then you had the changeover of the women's tag teams, which it's funny because uh, when they came out, all I, I, I was like, well, they're, they're changing the belt. They're going to mm -hmm. change it. <clears throat> and then I thought to myself, the most dramatic thing would be to have the iconic lose first. And then there they were. They lost first, and that made perfect sense because now you know it's changing hands, and now you know you have the audience, and you have a grip on them for however many commercial breaks you go to. 
Right. How'd you feel about that changeover? You like Nikki and uh, and Alexa with the belts? If it happened like a month ago, I would have been more excited because um, it was really deep into the um, storyline there uh, that they kind of wasted it almost on the Bailey thing because they could have had the chance to really be like a good you know good team that way. But I, I, I'm I'm okay with it. I, I think that it's the it's it's not a bad team because they'll keep the shtick going. They'll have some more spotlight on the tag team belts, and yeah, I'm I'm all right with it. Who's their challenger? I mean, I guess I guess the Kabuki Warriors, if they actually get the damn Twitter handles right. Did you see that? No. What was that? They had Kabuki Kyrie Ryan? and Io Shirai as the Kabuki Warriors. <laughs> instead of, instead of <laughs> the actual other one, Asuka. So, uh, yeah. Great look, guys. Oops. Know, sorry about that. Yeah. That's All these Asians coming in. It's crazy. Yeah. Trying to figure things out. That's Vince yeah. McMahon, by the way. Trying to figure things out. Uh, AJ Styles versus Ricochet 2. Super looking forward to this too. This is another one of those highlight moments on the card where you look at it and go, yay, hooray for this AJ and Ricochet. So that's going to be a clinic. I can't wait. I love AJ as the heel. It's so much yep. better. Oh my God. It's just so much better. Mm-hmm. So they much sh- better. They should open the match for sure. Well, you think it's going to open the whole card? I mean, open the card, I meant. Sorry. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You open the card with this, man. It is going to be tough to follow. Like that's going to be <laughs> the rest of this. <laughs> the rest of this card, I don't think is great. So it you better put it at the beginning because if you put it anywhere else, like if it yeah. last three, it's gonna bury everything else. By the way, we don't have a Shinsuke Nakamura Nur- match yet, do we? Nope, no Shinsuke match. Oh, no women's the- tag team match. Well, uh, yeah, I don't think they're gonna add anything last minute. They're already no. over, they're already taking things off. Yeah, you know they took Alistair off. I think this is it. I I think I think you're maxed out here. I think your pre-show is your cruiserweight match. Mm-hmm. Um. Ugh, you know, I don't know what else they would move to that. Well, maybe, second match there. maybe it's maybe it's Nakamura again. You know, maybe, maybe. But you know what? I don't mind that so much. As you know, at least at least he's on the card, and at least you know you're getting a decent wrestling match out of it. I wouldn't be shocked if Drew and um, and Cedric ended up on the card because I feel like that's the yeah. only other feud that's got a little bit of juice right now. You know, or it's getting a little showcase, a little juice. Yeah. Don't you think? I- I like Cedric doing his thing off the top of things. It's it's great. Yes. Do your thing <laughs> off of the top the of high top things of things. and top hat Tim Heaney is amused. Thank you, sir. Bully. Good bully. Yeah. Bully. Good show. <laughs> Good show. Good show. All right. Becky Lynch versus Natalia. We already kind of touched on this. There's no way for Becky not to go over on Natalia here. And, and all things weird, too, because like they've made the Canadian the contender, but kind of the heel. And it's like anybody you put against Becky right now, no one's going to really like. I don't care where it is. Like, I don't care if it's the Canadian in Canada. And I know it's the Hart family, so I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the crowd will be split. I doubt it. I think it's still going to be a pretty – there'll be yay, Natalia, and big yay for Becky. I think it's just going to be a higher level uh, in I, terms I, of I, reaction. Yeah, I think Becky supersedes the hometown mid-card. Yeah, she kind of supersedes everything right now. Yeah. Uh, Kofi Kingston versus Randy. Video game. Yeah. yeah, Kofi, that's right. Cover her and Roman. That's just huge. That's huge. I, mm-hmm. Good for her, man. That mm-hmm. She's – you know, after meeting her in person with my kids, she was so nice to them. And she was didn't rush them at all, took the time, took the pictures, did everything, signed everything. Like she was just she was just the best, man. And, it, you know, it goes a long way. Little moments go a long way with the fans. And when people don't aren't good with the fans, it goes in a crappy way. But she was the best, man. Uh, Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. Um, look, I keep saying it's time for Kofi to drop the belt soon. But there's another one, too. You don't have New Day on this card. So. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Like, it, you know, you had New Day win the belts, but you don't have them in there. And you have these other matches like Dolph and, and Goldberg, which I'd much rather be watching New Day fight somebody. But I don't know. The, the whole tag team division is a little wacky right now. They mm-hmm. they could use the Street Profits. And look, the freaking Viking Raiders have been terrific. We need to get the Viking Raiders into some of these big time matches now. Maybe they'll like, they'll take they'll take it from New Day on SmackDown if they get switched yeah, over. Oh, please, That'd be a great please match. give me Viking Raiders versus New Day. That is going to be so good. <laughs> Yep. So good. That's like that's like main event good. Okay, that's how good that match is going to be. Do uh, you think Kofi loses to Randy? I don't. No, I think he needs to get one over on him. They'll play up the history, which I think the Bills been pretty good for this actually. Um, yeah, you know, they, they have. have that You're right. So yeah, I, I think Kofi gets the win over Orton, and we kind of just keep passing the ball until somebody actually emerges as a logical challenger. Maybe it's Bray Wyatt. That might be my thinking right now. Man, that would be fascinating. Yeah. I don't know if they want to put the belt on that guy with that gimmick, but man, I don't know. It's the hottest thing they've got right now. But it's it's. But I think it's also important because of the storyline they built with Randy Orton that Kofi goes over. Because yes, I agree. You know, it, it's it's good for business. It's good for the global product. And then of course you got Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. I hated the the hated the whole 
Seth Rollins promo after the, getting the crap beat out of him, you know, walking see, up to with the chair. I didn't, none of that worked for me at all. I think, see, I think the promo was actually really good. I think him charging at him again was stupid. Well, charging, well, let's, let's be honest, limping up to him. Right. The entire, like, it just, I don't know. It just felt so, I don't know, corny. It, it was the best delivered promo he's ever done, sadly. And it had to be mixed <laughs> in that. Well, look, I so. think Brock's going to go over here. Yeah, I think, I think so, it's too. next man up. I really do. I think so. I, I, unless they're and I think I think the way you do it is you know what we're alluding to if the brand split is done then the next thing you do is at Clash of Champions right wouldn't that be the next pay-per-view and that's when Kofi loses and that's where Kofi loses to Brock Lesnar and then you have a true universal champion in Brock Lesnar Kofi goes back down to his uh, you know spot with the new day <clears throat> and then that's when you can start to have like some of these big time matchups Clash of the Champions would be the time to do it and then mm-hmm. you've got boom, you've got October. Next thing you know, and and look, October Philadelphia is where AEW is doing their first live show. That's pretty, or one of their first ones. That's pretty awesome. Like of all the spots to play, that that that's that's a, that's a great place to play. And they know what's up. They they, they they that was not an accident. So no, it's not. And I just yeah. kudos because they keep showing you that they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I still say the products behind NXT, and I will hold yes. true to that. I agree. And, and nobody can tell me differently. I don't care how much you hate WWE. NXT is still the best product going overall. But it should be an f- entertaining weekend. I'm, again, more excited about TakeOver. I'm excited about a few things at SummerSlam. I'm more curious about SummerSlam. Like, I'm curious to see Bray Wyatt. I'm cu- I feel like people are going to tune in for curiosity more than excitement, which is not a bad thing. How do you feel about SummerSlam's card this year? It doesn't feel as epic as it has been in recent years. Maybe I'm biased because it's not New York this year. Maybe it's less. Well, I don't know. I was at last SummerSlam where Becky turned. I was there when the feed yeah. came out. I was there with my kids. SummerSlam was pretty great. You also had the Roman Reigns victory at SummerSlam last year. You're right. It does not feel built. And maybe is that a good thing that the expectations are a little lower? I was just or is say, it a bad maybe- thing? I was going to say, maybe it's on purpose for that exact reason. Why? Because you don't think they can cash in the expectations? Well, or do they... well, I think it just maybe if you keep saying something's the greatest ever or whatever and it doesn't pan out, it's not that way. Maybe just kind of let it say, all right, this is what we're doing. Come watch. And then, you know, it's it ends up being great, maybe because you hold a lower bar or because they actually put the time in. I, I think it's actually better to kind of like not have it always be this built up type of thing. I think you have to let it do it, do that itself. You know what I mean? All right, so we will be back next week. Paul Kelly's going to join us, by the way. Surprise to you, Tim Heaney. Uh, Paul Surprise Kelly from SiriusXM Radio. That's right. I just dropped a nugget on you. He's going to join us for the post-SummerSlam Ooh. show. I just talked to him crazy. yesterday. That's so crazy. that's going to be a – I know. So it's going to be a, a good time. That, what's that? T- Drop a nugget on me. That's not PG. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> well, look, the PG era is over on this show, Tim Heaney. It's over. So <laughs> I want to thank our guest, Matt Stryker, again for his time. Great stuff, uh, as always. We hope you enjoy the full weekend of wrestling. It's going to be another great weekend there, another great takeover. I am super excited. I'm going to have my popcorn ready to go. Saturday night, I got no plans. I'm going to be home. The kids are kids are uh, not over on Saturday. They're bummed, but that's okay. I get to really enjoy it without, you know, no bathroom breaks or things like that. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> so <laughs> that's an awesome one. And uh, look, go enjoy the wrestling. We'll be back here. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at in this ring, Joe PCP is 17 at uh Tim Heaney. Oh, excuse me, Team Heaney. My my bad. And check out all the great content at In This League. That'll do it for us. And there's only one thing to do, and that's remember to be the men. You gotta beat the men. And we are the men. Woo! Let me in. Uh-huh.